Blog Talk Radio.
Messiah, Jehovah, the mighty God. Good afternoon, and welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina, the Heavenly Father is the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit, and you're all here too, amen. The angels are doing their job, and now we're going to get to hear what God has to say to us today, amen. Amen. I was looking forward to finding out what we were going to talk about this morning on yesterday, and I fell asleep, so I didn't find out until this morning. Aren't you glad? Yes, Lord, I am so glad. Amen. You know, there are a lot of things going on in the world that are upsetting and displeasing and unrighteous, but you know Just like we change the screen on our phone, you just swipe your finger and it goes to the next screen. It's easier than that to change what's going on in your thought life. Amen? You have the blood of Jesus to just wipe the old screen off and a new screen with the things of God will appear. If we would but remember to do that, There are going to continue to be things that are upsetting and unsettling going on. This is that time of life. This is the end time. And the Lord has so kindly warned us well in advance that this time would come and these kinds of things would be going on. So we wouldn't be so shocked that all we wanted to do was cry and say, bring me home, bring me home, bring me home. No, we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. We are here on purpose. It's not an accident. We are the ones that are meant to forbear during these times. We're the ones that are meant to find our faith and strengthen God and to stand and pray in the spirit. We are the ones that God has selected throughout all eternity to be here, to bring in Uh, the revival that he's bringing to see people come into the kingdom, to see the miraculous things that he's promised to do during the end time. You know, the prophets of old looked into the scriptures and they tried to figure out what was going to really be going on during this season of life. And all they had was some words and some some inklings and some, some ideas. But we're living it live. We're all the way live. You see, the book of Acts has not been completed. We're still writing it. They're still recording the things that we say and the things that we do and the position that we take in Christ and what we do about it, if we do anything. So my challenge to you this day is to see to it that your part, your part, is done to God's pleasing so that it will be recorded well. You know, in the Bible, 
There are things people did that were not pleasing to God, but they were recorded anyway. They were recorded for our learning. So we wouldn't get the idea that these people were all perfect, never had a problem, never had a rough day, nobody ever killed their child, and so on and so forth. We have to live in a real world with real people, real demons, real angels, and real everything else. Most of all, a real God. So, since we've been armed with such foreknowledge, and since we have the Holy Spirit living within us, the Godhead has come to abide within us, let us do our part well. Well, with excellence. Let's do the part that we've been given to do, whatever that may be. Let's do it well. Let's give it our very best. Amen? Because, you know, once we leave here, you can't go back and rewrite it. Amen? Once we leave here, there's no editing. So every day we get the opportunity to add our little two cents in. Let's do it well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, you don't have to talk to a person to be a blessing to them. I can think of a time I was driving down the street, and there was this child in the back seat of a truck, blonde-haired little boy with big blue eyes, and he was on the back of the truck by himself. And I looked at him, and his face contorted. And I knew what that meant. As a matter of fact, that was long before I met Dr. Pat Holliday. I knew what that meant. So I immediately began to pray and intercede for him and to ask the Lord to save his soul before he died. I have never seen that little boy since. But I am certain that the Lord answered my prayer. Amen? You see, you don't have to walk up necessarily, if that's not your opportunity at the moment, and hand somebody a track. It wouldn't have made sense for me going down the highway to try to stop all the traffic to get out and hand a boy a track they couldn't read. And chances are his parents couldn't read too well either. However, I did my part. I did my part. And my part made a difference in his life somehow. I want to encourage you, do your part every day. Whatever part that is, do it. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Somewhere there's somebody that's going to benefit because of what you've done and what you've prayed and what you've said in right standing before the throne of God. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity. You know, I can think of a family that was in this city, and they saw that there was a terrible accident that took place. They began to pray. You know, there are people that are going to die in car accidents. But just before they leave their body, if we'll stand in the gap, Jesus will step in. Amen. There are people in ambulances going down the street and it's making all the noise it can make. And the cars are moving out of the way. Now, you can be annoyed 
or you can begin to plead the blood. It's up to you. Their lives might depend on you pleading the blood of Jesus over them. They may not have ever had the opportunity to come to Jesus the way you and I did. But you see, if we'll stand in the gap and do our part, God will step in. And I want to encourage you to do your part. Every day we have opportunities to do something for Jesus. Even if it's that person that gave you a finger in the highway, that cut you off and you almost hit them. Before you say what you really feel, call on Jesus. Amen. They need prayer because they can't think straight. Amen. 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 So you're in class and you see people cheating. Well, what are you going to do? Not pray at all? Righteousness takes a position and it acts on the word of God. So what are you going to do? You're just going to sit there like you don't see anything. If you don't do anything else at all, you can pray. What's stopping you from praying? They might tell you that you can't wear a T-shirt that says there's only two genders, male and female, and they want to put you out of school because you stood there and went to the school board meeting and told them that as a 12-year-old. You might not have that opportunity, but you do have the opportunity to pray. So take the opportunity. You know what I mean? Take the opportunity and do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today for this opportunity. We want to welcome all of our first-time listeners. Welcome. We are an international Christian non-denominational church founded in the love of Jesus Christ. And yes, we span the oceans and the globe, but the Lord encompasses us all. He brings us all together in one body, the local church, the internet church, whomever. He brings us all together in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for this, Father. It's a gift. It's part of our inheritance as the children of God. It's a blessing. Amen. It's a blessing. As we were participating in praise and worship this morning, Lord, you dropped pictures from my past in my spirit, pictures of when Pastor and I were in Ghana, and we were in the praise service, and the glory of the Lord came rolling into the church. I can't go back to that moment, but I can always enjoy it again with you, Lord. That moment never has to stop in my life, and the grace that you release doesn't ever have to leave. You gave, brought back other moments that I was in other churches with saints from all over the globe speaking all kinds of languages. And the power and the glory 
of your very presence in our midst, binding us together in love was awesome. It's no less awesome here. Your love is beyond our comprehension. It's more than we can hold in a human body, so to speak. And we want to thank you for the love that binds us together, the love that transcends every hurt, every abuse, every wrong, every ill, every ailment, every scarring. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond our hopes and our dreams and our aspiration. We want to thank you for your love, for the refreshing of your very presence in our midst. We want to thank you, Lord, for bringing us to the place where we've come to appreciate you far more than we ever did before. We've opened our hearts to you, Lord, and invited you to come in. And we thank you that you abide in us. We thank you that you are no way offended. You love us and you abide in us. Amen. Amen. As you know, and if you don't, uh, congratulations. You're about to find out. We celebrate Holy Communion at the beginning of all of our services. On Sunday. Amen? Amen? And we invite you, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to join us. Amen? It's a wonderful celebration. It does things on the inside of us, and it does things on the outside of us. We're not the same people that we were 10 minutes ago. We're being changed. Amen? And so we invite you to join us. Amen? But first, we have to take care of some business. You know, those things that just didn't go the way we thought we had planned them. We woke up and we were saying, okay, Lord, today it's going to be just like this. And it didn't go just like that. Amen? But we're growing and we're learning to overcome those it didn't go just like this. We're learning to respond better. We're learning to use our faith, not just to pray prayers and say, okay, that's the end of that. No, they travel with us all day. So, Father, for all the things that are still not right just yet, things that we still have to grow through, things that we still have to adjust to and adapt to and accept and go around and overcome, we ask your forgiveness. We even got impatient with ourselves a little bit. But you know something? We're growing. We're not the same people we were last year this time. We have been changed by the power of God and his holy word. And there's more change to come. It gets better and better, better. We welcome the better in Jesus' name. We welcome the better. 
So now I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to talk to the Lord about your own kink. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Thank you, Jesus. And said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Partake of the cup. Thank you, Lord. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death Till he comes. Yes, that means he's still coming. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, (coughs) shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Isn't that good news? But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you are the one who sent the solitary into your family, and you have promised to be a father to the father. 
Now, however you became fatherless, you can't claim that you are any longer. You have a heavenly father that more than super than surpasses the natural father that you had. He does exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Amen? Amen. You're not lacking anywhere. So if you had that thought in your mind that because my natural father is not a part of my life, I'm missing something, you are wrong. God has stepped in. And he stepped in with his love, his caring, his healing, his affirmation, his strong arm, his understanding, his wisdom, all of the graces that come to a child of God. He's embraced you. He's taken you up in his arms and loved you. What more could you want? You see, some of us got so hooked onto a natural body and a natural person that we were willing to accept all of the shortcomings as perfect. But there is but one perfect love. There's no greater love than God. There is no one else that's going to come alongside you the way he does. So if you're still looking, for affirmations and attaboys and you're doing fine and all of these other things from a natural dad that is not able to supply those. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth that bother you so much will fade away in the light of his glory and his grace. He can more than fill those shoes. He'll give you all the attaboys you'll ever need. He'll make you into the human, male or female, that he's always designed and planned for you to be. He'll supply every need. So I want to encourage you to move your eyes from the natural and move them to the Lord. Amen? Don't forsake his love looking for human perfection. Don't forsake his goodness and his grace looking for a human to step in. Don't sell yourself short. Reach beyond. You have that capacity. He's given it to you. And receive his love fully and completely. You'll never be left out, and you'll never come up short. You'll never be ashamed, and you'll surely never be sorry. Amen? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have promised to be a father to the fatherless. You can't say that you didn't have a dad to complete the fatherhood ministry to you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Say, I have a father who loves me. I have a father who loves me. I have a father who loves me. Yes, I do. 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Amen. Father, we pray for our family. Lord, that you would have a watch over our comings and goings. We are assured by your word that underneath us are your everlasting arms. Bless our family, Lord, and keep us safe from all harm and danger. We thank you for the hedge of protection around us and the safety which you provide. Thank you for blessing our family upon receiving true salvation with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Help each of us to know and remember that our home will be built through wisdom and by understanding it will be established. By knowledge shall all chambers of our home be filled with precious and pleasant riches. Thank you, Father. Your word, Lord, declares that the home of the righteous shall be filled with much treasure. In times of wickedness, you have promised that the house of the righteous will stand. Thank you, Father. We receive this promise for our homes and families. Because we believe on you and your Son, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we know that you have saved us. We receive your promise to save our household as well. Thank you, Father, for all your abundant blessings in our lives and in the lives of our family. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, some of us and I'll use myself sort of as an example, have an earthly father that is alive, but dead in sin. Amen? Don't be ashamed of it. It wasn't your choice. You didn't make those decisions. Someone else did. It shouldn't cause you shame, nor embarrassment, nor guilt, nor humiliation. You can't make decisions for someone else. They have to make their own. Amen? And you can't go around saying, well, if I had done this, maybe they would have decided something different. No, each person must choose Jesus for themselves. They have to make that choice. And if they fail to make it, it's up to them to correct it before they leave this planet. You can trust God to take care of the situation regardless to how it turns out. Because that's the way it is. Amen? I know about that. I know that my mother truly got saved just before she passed away. It's not that she didn't believe in God. She thought she could believe in God her way. Amen. And as you grow up, you learn to accept the fact that everybody has been given a will. They have a free will. They can choose to do right or choose not to. And it's up to them to do the choosing. Yes, we pray. Yes, we stand. Yes, we fast. Yes, we love. Yes, we care. 
Yes, we forgive. But the bottom line is they have to do the choosing. Amen? So your hands are clean. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Your hands are clean. They made their choice, and you made yours. Now, you love Jesus with all your heart. You love Jesus with all your heart. And maybe one day they'll find out how much you really love Jesus. Then maybe one day they'll find out that they were wrong. Maybe one day because you live so passionately and so ardently for Jesus Christ that they will realize that they should have made another choice. Amen? That's what I decided to do. You see, you can't cry over spilled milk but for so long. It dries up. It doesn't stay there forever being sour on the ground. You've got to go on. God has new vistas and new adventures for you every day to embark on. You've got to embrace the move of God in your own life. Amen? And maybe they'll finally grow up, and maybe they won't. But you have contributed your part. When you decided, well, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That was their opportunity. You did your part. So thank the Lord that you were able to do it. Amen. Knowing that God takes care of the rest. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, right now, I want to pray for someone's dad who's having a problem. It's a biological and an emotional and a spiritual problem. See? He needs our prayer. He needs our prayer. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that you use these challenges in this man's life to bring him to you. He has avoided you at all costs. He's done everything he can to run away from God. But, Lord, as life would have it, He's got circumstances to deal with. We ask you, Father, to allow the circumstances as long as it takes to secure his soul.
This is a divine appointment, Lord, and we stand in agreement with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord. See, a while back, you couldn't pray that prayer. You were still shaking in your shoes and your knees were knocking and you're crying. And, but now you've grown up some, see? See, I told you you weren't the same. You've matured some. You've learned to trust Jesus more. And so now you can say, Lord, if you allow the storm to come, let the storm rage as long as their souls come through. Amen. Please stay on the Lord's side. Hang in there with him. And for those of you that have been quaking and shaking and carrying on, cut that out. Just stop. Stop trying to pray for God to change every little circumstance and every little person's life just so they can have a life uh, full of, of, like a bowl of cherries. Cherries have pits and stems, okay? Amen? And sometimes we need to bite into one of those pits to understand that it really is there. I think you know what I mean. So if you've been one of these people that your loved ones, you're going to pray away every little circumstance, you just is wrong. You are not praying in the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. No, you're praying out of your emotion. But the Bible says to walk in the spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? So when some challenges come, stand with Jesus in the challenge. Amen? Amen. You get a better outcome. Amen. You get a better outcome. Turn them over to Jesus and take your fingers off. Got it? Amen. That's the outcome. So, Lord, today we're going to go into the Word. As soon as I move the computer. Amen. Praise God. Pastor is taking a two-second break to move the computer. Done. It's moved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now if I can get the cord. It sounded good? Oh, that was so nice of you all to do a sound check. I appreciate that. Amen. What are we going to talk about today? (laughs) Yes, we are going to talk about Jesus. Amen. The title of this sermon only has three words. I don't do them long titles. I can't remember them if I do. So I have to do titles I can remember. And this one is On the Altar. On the Altar. On the Altar. And we're going to start in the book of Exodus. Amen? Exodus Exodus chapter 29. We're going to start there. Amen. God's going to talk to us out of Exodus chapter 29. Now, I want to preface this sermon by saying a few things. First of all, most of us, since uh, I have, throughout my pastorate, 
showered you with many, many scriptures all over the Bible. You should be very comfortable going into any book of the Bible. Amen? I did not spare you the scriptures. However, we haven't necessarily, in a particular sermon, talked about sacrificial offering. Well, guess what? We have arrived. We're going to talk about it today. And you said, well, is that going to be one of those heavy sermons where I can't understand what you're saying? No, because I don't preach those kinds. I preach the kind that even a five-year-old can get something out of it. That was my request of the Lord many, many moons ago before I realized I was actually going to have to preach to people on a regular basis. I asked him, I said, Lord, if I ever have to preach a sermon, I'd like for it to be so that even a five-year-old can understand something I've said and get something out of it. They deserve to know about Jesus, too. I knew about Jesus when I was five. Amen? Amen. So I'm sure that there are those who have listened to me that thought I ought to be more eloquent. Yes, I have the vocabulary to be eloquent. But what good does that do if the five-year-old doesn't know what I said? Amen? So sometimes I use words that people are unfamiliar with, but I give the definition as I preach. So you're not lost. You understand. Because I want you to understand, and God does too. So in Exodus chapter 29, I might even go to my Bible for that. Exodus chapter 29. God has something to say to us. And you say, but all they did was slaughter animals. Yeah, they did, but there was a reason for those slaughterings, okay? Now, some of you have never had any picture of what I'm talking about. So this, I'm going to try to describe something that is possible that you have seen in your lifetime. In your lifetime, it's possible that you have seen a grill, a grill where they do barbecue. Okay, most of the heads in this room say, yes, they have seen this. If you've watched television with those grilling shows and clips from um, Memphis in May and other uh, sweepstakes things they have, you know, contests they have where all these people get together with these grills that are bigger than three or four people put together and that you need huge trucks to take it from one state to the other, you have some idea of the kind of grills I'm talking about. Well, imagine taking the, the top off of those grills, and they're just open, flat grills lined up, almost half of a football field that long, and it's filled with meat being barbecued. Okay? Now, next picture. That's one picture. Next picture. Most of you have been to a barbecue establishment in recent years, and on the menu they talked about burnt in. Well, we're going to talk about burnt too, but a little differently. All right? So you ready now? We're ready to talk about this. 
So, Exodus chapter 29, I'm going to start with verse 38. Exodus chapter 29, and I'm starting with verse 38. Now, this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Day by day, continually. So we see that as the Lord taught the Hebrew children how he wished to be worshipped. They were not supposed to do what the heathen cultures were doing. They had a special order of worship that God selected for them. And he selected it in such a manner that it gave them a picture, a not just a mental picture, an experiential picture of Jesus Christ. And he did it a piece at a time, a piece at a time, a piece at a time. And when you put it all together, they had sort of like a mural of experience that would reflect on who Jesus Christ is and would be to them. So, he says, now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. There wasn't a day that this wasn't supposed to happen. Day by day, continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening. So twice a day, in the morning and the evening, they were supposed to offer a lamb of the first year. Every day, continually. All right? God chose to meet and to fellowship with his people at the altar of sacrifice. God chose to meet and to fellowship with his people at the altar of sacrifice. Through the offerings and sacrifices, that the children of Israel presented to him there, they were able to approach God and fellowship with him. You see, their system was they had to give offerings. Why? For their sin. They had to come to the understanding that they violated God's laws and that they had sinned. They had to acknowledge it and confess it in a meaningful way to God. And then, as they went through the process, the lamb that was chosen was particular. It wasn't just any old lamb or any old turtle dove. God had requirements. They had to participate physically in the process. They couldn't you know, send somebody on a camel here 
uh, take that over there to the altar over there where they're doing that and tell them that's my offering and they go do something else. It, it wasn't like that. They had to be personally involved, just like we are called to be personally involved with the Lord. Amen? Each of the sacrifices and offerings they gave was very significant and had a very specific purpose to fulfill. Remember I said he gave it in stages, one part here, one part there. When you put it all together, it was a huge mural of experiences that taught you about your relationship to God. Amen? They were very significant and relevant to us because they teach us how God expects us to give our offerings today. Amen. A continual burnt offering was to be made every day upon the altar. A continual burnt offering was to be made every day upon the altar. You didn't skip a day and come back to God later and say, uh, I got busy. I had something to do. That didn't happen. It just did not happen. Every morning and every evening, the children of Israel were to offer a lamb along with a grain offering and a drink offering. A grain offering? Yes, we participated in one just a few minutes ago. A grain offering and a drink offering. A lamb whose blood was shed, a grain offering and a drink offering. We just participated in that. Think about it. The scent from the burnt offering was to ascend to God. Now, ascend to God? Yes. You know when you go in the house and there's some good cooking going on, you can smell it when you get in the door. Well, God likes to smell nice things too. And that sacrifice before him was well-pleasing to him. And the scent of it went from earth, it ascended through the clouds to the very throne of God. And God found it pleasing. Amen? The burnt offering was distinguished from the other offerings, the other sacrifices, by the fact that it was totally consumed by the fire on the altar. It was totally consumed by the fire on the altar. It was totally and completely consumed by the fire on the altar. Every day of every year, throughout the generation, there was to be a continual burnt offering upon the altar. The smoke from this burnt offering was to ascend up to God continually. God was going to smell this sweet aroma, this sweet fragrance continually. 
There wasn't supposed to be any gaps at all. Now, Exodus chapter 29, verse 42. Exodus chapter 29, verse 42. Amen. Or was that supposed to be 41? Oh, it was supposed to be 41. Thank you. Holy Spirit corrected me there. 41. Amen. Exodus 29, 41. And the other land thou shalt offer at even, and shalt do there thereto according to the meat offering of the morning and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Made by fire. This continual burnt offering, day and night, on the altar outside the door of the tabernacle, was a continual reminder of God's acceptance of Israel and was a token of the people's relationship. It was a token of the people's relationship, their communion and fellowship with God. Their communion and fellowship with God. Let me say that again, because this is extremely important. The continual burnt offering, day and night, on the altar outside the door of the tabernacle, was a continual reminder of God's acceptance of Israel and was a token of the people's relationship, their communion and fellowship with God. Now go down to verse 42. Exodus chapter 29, verse 42. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you and speak there unto you. So this was a hallowed and sanctified place. It was a place where God related to those he loved. It was a place where God related to those that he loved. God promised to sanctify the tabernacle with the Shekinah glory of his presence. That's special. That's very special. That he would sanctify, set apart to himself the altar and Aaron and his sons as priests. Amen. That's important. God said in Exodus 29, beginning with verse 45, Exodus 29, beginning with verse 45, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. God's committed here. He's all in. 
He's committed. He's fully committed. That's what he's saying here. He doesn't have reservations. He doesn't have doubts. He doesn't have fear. He's not pulling back. He doesn't have insecurities. He's God, and he is their God. He's the Lord, their God. In addition to the continual burnt offering, the fire on the altar was never to go out. The fire on the altar was never to go out. The fire on the altar was never to go out. Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6. I'm beginning with verse 12. Leviticus chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 12. Amen. Leviticus chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. Verse 13, the fire shall be ever burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. It shall never go out. Now, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. Now, you know the world has a way of um, allowing Satan to use them to mock God. Uh-huh. And so we have the Olympics, you know, and we have that torch, you know, or at least they do. But you see, God says his fire shall never go out. At some point, they have to extinguish them. Amen? Don't forget that. It's important. The fire which was to burn continually upon the altar, was not natural fire. No, you didn't strike a match and come up with this. It was the holy fire of God, which had come down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice when Moses and Aaron had finished dedicating the altar and offering the sacrifices as God had directed. This was holy fire. It came from heaven. It came directly from God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out 
and bless the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. The glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. We serve an awesome God. God sent the fire from heaven to consume the sacrifices of the children of Israel as a sign that their offerings had been accepted. As a sign that their offerings had been accepted. As a sign that God was pleased with them, that he would continue their relationship and fellowship. If they were all right with God. Amen? The same fire wants to be kept continually burning upon the altar outside the door of the tabernacle. It was a continual reminder of God's acceptance of the offerings of his servants and his reconciliation with them. They were in good standing with God. Amen? It was a sign of his presence that remained among them and his subsequent blessings upon their lives. This continual burnt offering represented Christ's sacrifice for man's sin. This burnt offering, this continual burnt offering, represented Christ's sacrifice for man's sin. Although he offered himself once for all, this one perfect sacrifice became a continual offering through which men throughout all ages have been set free from sin. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 12. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 12. But this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. He did it one time for everybody for all ages. Okay. 
the continual offering of our lives as living sacrifices upon the altar of God. That's what God's looking for. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, do you understand where Romans 12 fits in now? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. No, God's not asking too much. He's already given his all. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just as the continual burnt offering was totally consumed upon the altar, we are to offer our lives in total surrender of all that we are, and all that we possess to God. Just as the continual burnt offering was totally consumed upon the altar, we are to offer our lives in total surrender of all that we are and all that we possess to God. It means that we must take all that we have and place it upon the altar in dedication and consecration to God and the fulfillment of his will. It means that we must take all that we have and place it upon the altar in dedication and consecration to God and the fulfillment of his will. This includes our lives, our careers, our plans, our dreams, our families, our families, our wealth, and all of our possessions, everything. Only when you have placed your entire life upon the altar, Will you be able to give the way God wants you to give? Only when you have placed your entire life upon the altar will you be able to give the way God wants you to give. When your life is totally consumed by God's spirit, you will not cling to the world or anything in it. You instead will look in the eyes of the Heavenly Father and say, all that I have is yours. All that I have, all that I am, 
All that I will ever have or ever be is yours right now. Take it. Sanctify. Use it for your glory, your paycheck, your savings, your investment, your house, and property. All of your worldly wealth and possessions will be fully surrendered and dedicated to him. There are many saints today who are in financial bondage because they are giving to God blemished sacrifices. Blemish. That means they're not holy and pure. They're not your very best, and it's not truly a free will offering. You see, God loveth a cheerful giver who gives from his heart. You know, no reservation. You can have it all. I offer it all to you. That's what God's looking for. That's what he wants from each of us. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter your age. That's not a hindrance. Anybody, a two-year-old can say to God, I surrender all, Jesus. Nobody is left out. Amen? In addition to the continual burnt offering, the children of Israel brought brought additional burnt offerings and presented them to the Lord as atonement, atonement, to make one. as atonement offerings for their sin. Mm. These burnt offerings were a type of Christ's offering of himself as the one perfect sacrifice on the cross as an atonement for all the sins of mankind. There were two major requirements for these burnt offerings to be acceptable to God. Number one, the sacrificial animal had to be a male without blemish. Number two, it had to be given freely. It had to be given freely. Leviticus chapter 1, Leviticus chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, Leviticus chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, and the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation Say, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring 
your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. Verse 3, if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Well, so the children of Israel were to bring an offering according to what they had. If a man had a herd of cattle, he was to present a bullock. If he had sheep or goats, he was to make a selection and offer from one of his flocks. If he did not have either of these, he was to offer turtle doves or young pigeons. In this way, no one was excluded from giving. You gave what you had. It was personal to you. It's something that was yours. It's something that was yours that was the very best without thought or blemish. And it was a free will offering. You gave it freely to the Lord. They gave according to their ability. They gave according to their ability. The man was to bring his burnt offering voluntarily as a free will offering to the door of the tabernacle. There he laid his hand upon the head of the animal. There he laid his hand upon the head of the animal, thereby acknowledging his sin. When he did the act of putting his hands on the head of the animal that was to be sacrificed, he was acknowledging his sins before God. And symbolically transmitting the sin from him to the animal. And in symbolism, transmitting his sin from himself to the animal. You know, Jesus became sin for us. God laid the sins of the world upon him. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He killed the sacrifice. That's right. He had to slaughter it. It was no such thing as no pain and no suffering in this. 
because the animal that he was sacrificing had been his. Sometimes it was his favorite in the group. But he had to stand before God and kill it. Think about that. Think about that. Then the blood was sprinkled on the altar, and the sacrifice was burned in its entirety upon the altar. Amen? Amen. That's what happened. I want you to think about that a minute. Because it means something. Amen? It means something. Amen. All right. So, I think you know by now the way the sermon is going, that God's asking us for something today. You know what he's asking for. You should, because he's been telling us the whole sermon. So I want you to listen to these words. You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Would you walk with the Lord in the light of his word and have peace and contentment always? You must do his sweet will to be free from all ill. On the altar, your all you must lay. Oh, we never can know what the Lord will bestow of the blessings for which we have prayed till our body and soul he does fully control. And our all on the altar is laid. Who can tell all the love he will send from above and how happy our hearts will be made? Of the fellowship sweet we shall share at his feet when our all on the altar is laid. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart, does the spirit control? You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. Is your all on the Control. 
And the very peace of God sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. 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 So now, Miracle, your assignment today is to recast this message. You and Jesus. You sit there, you listen to the message, and you listen to what he has to say to your heart. Amen? Amen. Pastor loves you, and we will talk again on Wednesday. Amen? Thank you.